Middle cough. Hey, B. Recording this on a Thursday, some would call it the first Thursday and the first round of the Masters. I would call it, now we're under three weeks to the NFL draft, John. Three weeks. I'd call it a combination of things because I can't envision that the piano intro Mm -hmm. when I'm just sitting there doing not a damn thing on Saturday and Sunday into the, the serenades of Nance right into me thinking about Mac Jones. It's all kind of interconnected. Some pictures of Azaleas. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, the greens are a little dead. If Mac Jones little was patchy. at the Masters, that'd be fantastic. Little patchy. I'd love to see Mac Jones standing next to Dan- to uh, like Dustin, and we can get an idea like his size, or standing next to Victor Hovland, who's sneaky looks when you see him like he's 6'5", but is actually like 5'11", I think. Yeah, he nodded that tall. Just uh, leaned up a little bit. Spieth a little taller than you think. Yeah, I think Spieth he's probably 6'1 and a half, 6'2". You've seen him, right? Was he I've at that tour championship? Spieth, no. He, oh, yeah, that's when he was at his low point. He yep. wasn't going to that, that tournament. Uh, you saw Bryson. He was a big saw motherfucker, isn't he? Yep. But that was before he was big. I mean, he was big then. Like, it just felt big. Plus, he was standing a little higher than me on a hill, so he felt even bigger. He gave you the time of day? Yeah. I said my, I dropped Mike Shy's name, and he was like, oh, hey, okay. Yeah. What's an easier kind of uh, media huddle or, you know, kind, what, what would we call it? The media just the hover? kind of. The hover. Yeah. Would you say it's baseball the worst? Uh, baseball's the worst. Well, what, what am I comparing it to? But yeah, the baseball clubhouse hover is the worst. Golf. Golf way better. Yeah, guys are walking from the practice green to the range. It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is when I did it, right? It's They're not about to compete, so they're a little more relaxed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Only 30 they're guys in that tournament naked you were there. Yeah. <laughs> or trying to eat or trying see, to shower yeah. <laughs> like in baseball. You know? It's like, hey, Derek, I see you got a massive penis. How about your two for four day today? Yeah. It, well, how'd you feel about the 0 for four? You know what they don't allow the media to do in golf? Go into the locker room. It's really crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I do believe as someone who hasn't done any media stuff even close to that in years and don't ever plan on doing it again. I wonder if the locker room access is going to get x Like you don't need to be in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I, you've got, it's hard with baseball because no one's on the same schedule. People are coming and going over five hours. You want to talk to a guy. It's like, oh, let me wait around. Hey, you guys, uh, you guys seen Vote today? <laughs> Hit a home run the other day. And uh, uh, Arizona? Diamondbacks went deep. Yeah. And um, my move was always, I would just go sit in the dugout. Because invariably, guys would try to get out. Just come hover, Like, they would come to the dugout or watch the other team take BP and you know, I would always walk with the other key. You walk with a purpose. I would just, I would go, all right, I'm going to the locker room. I don't have a reason to be there, but I'm just going to do a, a flyby. I'm just going to walk in with a purpose. I'm going to look around like I'm looking for somebody. If nothing comes to me while I'm standing there, I'm just going to walk out. And then an hour later, I might walk back looking just in case there's something going on, but I'm yeah. not going to, it's just, it's hard though. People, you got a story to write. You got to hang until, you know, your, your guy comes along. I've never played in uh professional sports. I do think with my personality, if I had been some elite, not, not you don't even need to be elite. If I just had been a guy to make it and be in any of these baseball, basketball, football, probably would have hated them. I just, I think a decent chance I would have hated their role. It's, um, yeah, it's because I wasn't, I wasn't mature enough to quite like. 
I think the smart guys, they kind of get it and they play both sides, right? And they just play into it because they just realize it's not going away. I think myself, I would have been a guy that battled it. And yeah. and just if I would have... absolutely. If I would have said, okay, John, would have got some athletic ability and been able to make it, zero chance I would have been the star, so I would have been a middle-of-the-road guy. And instead of actually playing into it and being like, he's just this beloved role player, I would have been the hated guy because if you're mean to the media, they're just going to hate you. Also, it's just it's easy to be a dick in those situations. I always respect the guys who weren't because I know it's probably not easy because you're just – you got to hit, you got to shower, you got to get taped, you want to eat, you got to text your family back, and – People are trying to do their jobs. There's come, hey man, you got a minute? Like, I'm sorry to bug you. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do, but no, I don't really want to, but okay. In football, there is like two days a week that are like open locker room access. And I'll never forget working for the Eagles. I think my second year, the locker room's downstairs, we're upstairs. And all of a sudden, you just hear this commotion. And it was Twitter was really young. And I'll just never forget, like, some of the local media guys are like, we got a problem. And it was two media people go like almost getting into a fist fight. Les Bowen, Jeff McClain, mm. Asante oh. Asante Samuel got a towel and got up on his locker room and was rooting it on. It was wait, a they were shit fighting. Shot. They fought. Yeah, I'm, I, if memory serves me correct, someone threw a punch. Oh wow! Definitely, definitely a hard shove. Yeah, ah. and the players loved it. <laughs> you know? What well, was Eskin there, Howard? Uh, yeah, Eskin somehow usually like I would go eat team meals and he would just be sitting there with the team. Like he had a pretty uh, unique role. Gotcha. I, don't, I don't know exactly how he pulled it off, but he was a media member and he could be critical. But he was also on the sideline of the radio broadcast and he was free to hang out whenever he wanted inside the uh, team lunchroom. That's a good deal. It was, a, it was an awesome gig. Podcast, don't forget mailbag coming on the weekends. Uh, the Saturday mailbag, the way you get into the mailbag, you go to iTunes. And you leave a review, and in that review, you leave a question. After you hit us with a five-star. We appreciate that. And that Pretty question easy. is how you get in the mailbag. Very simple. Yep. Do it right now. Mailbag, YouTube channel, got some separate content. Obviously, we do put a lot of the podcast podcast content up there. Our YouTube channel has been doing really well. So I uh, appreciate everyone that's watched and listened and uh, keep supporting. And if you haven't, go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. YouTube, you. you ever heard of it? Heard Owned of it, by Google? Yeah. Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, where uh, right now, as of Thursday, round one, uh, Betha Medea in? is in first place right now um, in the uh, 200 person game. First place is going to pay uh, what's for 900 bucks in this game. Hey, behaves. That's me. I'm in 158th at the moment. I'm in 25th. That's pretty good. What, what's your situation right now? I got Hideki, who's tied for first. I got John Rahm, who's tied for eighth. I got Matthew Fitzpatrick, who I just did a little research. You know, Irishman, used to the tough conditions, kind of like been been hot. Then I got a disastrous group on my hands in Sergio, Jason Day, and Horschel. So I uh, I, I might just have three guys that could win it and three guys that won't sniff Saturday. Mm. So I, I don't know exactly. I, I have an unknown. I don't have a great feel like, is someone going to win this tournament with like three guys in the top five and guys missing the cut, or do you need to get five of the six guys? I don't know. I don't. I don't have a good feel where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Right now, first. Place, I don't feel great about my situation being a twenty. I don't feel like I'm about to make a push. Yeah, you know? I understand. No, it's it, but it's hard. Once things kind of shake out on on Saturday, once you know how many people you can, how many guys you can have missed the cut and still compete. I've got two players at even par: Matthew Fitzpatrick and Xander Shoffley. and I got three guys over, uh, four guys over par. Tony Finau at T20, 
Cameron Smith at T37, Louis Oosthuizen, and uh, Matt Kuchar. Who Here, here's what I know: confident. anyone in our game, if you do have money associated with your name on Thursday and Friday, I wouldn't get too high and mighty because once upon a time, Haberman PGA Championship came out of fucking nowhere to get third. Yeah, it but just, things things can change over the weekend. No question. It's good to be in the it's good to be in the mix. But I'm I would, just saying, no, no, no. Like, but don't discourage people. I want people to be puff uh, puffing their chests out high and mighty on a Thursday. It's well, part of the no. When I, my my point is like you could be in fiftieth and make a charge. You don't give up on yourself. What, but what about what about one fiftieth? Do you think you can still make a charge from one? I think you're, I think you're screwed. I mean, do you have anyone who could win it? I I mean, look, Xander's t thirteen. So is Matthew Fitzpatrick. I, okay. Recording this on a Thursday. One thing I one thing I would, if we can ever get the CEO of DraftKings to uh, sponsor us to go to Augusta and we sit down with him, I'd love to ask him. I would like to be able to do some like mid round trades, be able to buy. Like, could you put in twenty dollars more and like make a change? Like, right. could I could I siphon out one guy and add like just could I flip Bryson and DeChambeau and pay a price? You know, <laughs> like I put fifty dollars more in the pot or something right, to be able to right. make a change. Yep, I like so, that so, because so, now I'm going to tell you promo code Ham. Sign up, get in. We're going to have. It's always great to be in the Haberman Middle Cough League. That's what everyone is getting in. Um, but uh, you know, I, what do I do on Saturday right now when I'm sitting here with my draft? Uh, I know. I, uh, I do baseball. I, I, I guess. I was playing golf with my brother yesterday, and he uh, he's in our game somewhere too. And he was telling me that he got a, his, one of his other buddies, Colin Brown, who we went to high school. Middle eighty three is uh, your brother Jeff here right now. It's one eight one ninety eighth. Yeah, that, that ain't good. Did it, his buddy wanted to do like a twenty five person game, hundred dollar buy in? Mm. So I mean, there's just I'm like, yeah, that's that'd be interesting. I mean, we can do that. Would Colin ah. Brown's a good baseball player, and it's just a good guy. Yeah, good guy. That's that's interesting, John. That is interesting. Like the ham high roller room. Yeah, I mean, just like could we do like U.S. Open forty person game, hundred dollar buy in? It wouldn't cost you anything because you have a rolling balance of like eight hundred dollars. Well, Me, yeah, I, I mean, it was it. Now it's like seven fifteen. You know, I so mean, guy, thirty holy shit. Watch, I, I'm bleeding. You're never gonna run out, and you're never gonna run out in ten or twenty dollar games. <laughs> I've paid taxes on this money, John. <laughs> you know, so it's it's real money. Download um, the DraftKings app. Download the app, promo code HAM. It's, this is a blast to play. And, uh, you know, I wish we could, like, uh, I guess we probably could post our leaderboard somewhere so people who weren't in the game could follow along. But uh, also, here's what you can also do mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. They'll match that first deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. Don't forget, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount uh, before you withdraw funds. So you can also decline the bonus. But either way, use HAM1 so they know that we sent you. And do you know what you can do is you can live bet. And uh, it's one pretty cool part of golf because at least once you get to the weekend, you can get a guy five, six to one, an elite player who has a chance to win it, right? Like you can get right now, John Rahm plus seven, five, you know, basically seven and a half to one, right? And he's playing well. He's going to make the cut. You can get, if you're like, okay, I like Justin Thomas or I like Kepka or whoever, you can bet these guys live. You can't do the top 10. Some, someone asked us the other day, I think on DMs, if you could do top fives, top tens, and yeah, I mean, you can do it. They, their props for golf were pretty unreal. I don't know if you look through, like, they have matchups. They had, I almost put like $10 on a first round leader. I was, I think I was going to put it on Fitzpatrick. It was like 80 to one. But I was mm-hmm. like, if, if if I had some Harvard analytical guy run the chances that any human just, just blind luck can pick the first round leader in a golf tournament, it has to be pretty low. Don't you think? <laughs> I would think so, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, 
I but mean, then Brian I start doing the math. Like if I put today. if I put twenty dollars on Hideki at seventy five to one, he actually crossed my mind. But the odds is like seventy five to one. This is probably telling you that it's pretty unrealistic. So I also didn't know. And but that, that would be. Wouldn't that be pretty fun though? Just if you had a chance. Absolutely. I mean, what if you had Brian Harmon or Mickelson? Uh, Mickelson's one over. I don't mind Brian Harmon's short little Feels ball. Feels like guy. Matsuyama is always going to be in that mix. I know. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one. Also, all the uh, draft props you can get them there. Gamble on baseball hoops. Go get it. All right, Mac Jones. John, does he fit the 49ers' recent profile of successful draft picks? Yes or no? I did a little breakdown slash got this forwarded to me by uh, one of our listeners, Robbie, who you know knows his stuff, and it just got me okay, thinking. Robbie. It got me thinking about like, yeah, this has some this. There's some validity behind this because right now you can't even make it up. The, the the snowball avalanche flying down the hill with Mac Jones to the night. It's like Kyle's waiting at the bottom, and the avalanche of Mac Jones is coming right at him. It's not even disputable anymore. Uh, and, and I think when you look at their first round picks of this kind of era, their biggest mistake came the first year. I mean, when they took Solomon Thomas, when they were drafting third overall, actually at the time they were drafting second and they traded back one spot with the, uh, obviously Chicago bears for Trubisky, but it was, it was a disaster. I mean, you took a guy that you didn't think it never crossed your mind to pick up his fifth year option. Who is now on another team? Like it just doesn't get any worse than that. You could say, well, it does get a little worse. Ruben was an epic disaster. He was at the end of the first round. So it's like there is more room for error. And I think it was easy to understand. Like Solomon Thomas was a tweener. He didn't have a position. And he failed miserably. He's just a, he's a backup. When I say failed, like he's going to, he might have, assuming that he comes back from that devastating knee injury, he might have an eight, nine year career. But he's not the third overall pick. He should have been a fourth round pick. Ruben actually was an elite talent. And I give them credit for like, that is, he's a top five guy in a draft talent. He was just the character stuff came true, right? It came to fruition. You couldn't trust him, whether it was not naivete, whether it was whatever it was. Yeah, it's him. I blame maturity. Then what do they do? The next year, guy, they pivot. They go McGlinchey, who's the complete opposite, right? Pure position, a tackle, big, high floor, like super tough guy from Notre Dame, right in the trenches with Quentin Nelson, who's Quentin's like going right to the Hall of Fame. Just those two guys, 69 and 68, just, you know, road grading. Well, it turns out, eh, not ideal. His athleticism is a disaster, and Colton Miller, the guy who went after him, just got extended. And if they could do that over, it wouldn't even, they wouldn't even hesitate to take Colton Miller. Correct? Correct. And what did they lean there? Scheme fit, just plug-and-play guy. Kind of the way we talk about Mac Jones. Disaster. The next year, they just they did not overthink it. Because I, who uh, thought Nick Bosa, you know, it's like, is he really going to be as good as his brother? Blah, 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 blah. Well, he's elite. And he was awesome. And they didn't overthink it. They just took the blue-chip guy, and they nailed it. Uh, and then last year, Kinlaw and Ayuk actually fit like huge swings for the fences. Kinlaw, we were talking before we recorded, there's this viral pick going. He looks like, I mean, he's fucking enormous. <laughs> you know, he is enormous. And his tape, his tape was not top 15. 
what was top 15 and really top 10 was six, five and a half. How, you know, he was huge. Traits, strong, baby. All traits. traits. And Ayuk, where you went like, God, is his combine. Remember, he didn't run that fast. And John Lynch came out and said, I, I, I was told by Herm Edwards, and we believe right. this. His tape said he was fast. Herm said, he didn't he have like a hernia or something that slowed him down at the combine? We think he's a low 4-4 guy. What, and, and you know what? They were right. He came to the, to the team. Immediately, they're speed demon. So they, the guys they've hit on were all traits guys. Think about the guys they missed on. CJ, you know, just comes from Iowa. Pro style. Plug and play with Kyle. Disaster. Pettis, just a, I don't even really know. I'm a technician. Oh my God. You know, I went back and read some of his draft profile for this conversation. It said explosive traits. I can tell you this, having watched him in college, I thought it was a stunning pick when they made it. He did not feel like a second round receiver from a trait standpoint. The production had been very high his last year at Washington with uh, playing with John Ross. Didn't he, well, I guess no, his, junior, his last year was without John Ross, but. But the, the, the year game. with John Ross is when they played Alabama in the playoffs, yeah, right? Yep. To me, his defining characteristic was like, you know, he broke Deshaun Jackson's Pac-12 or might maybe NCAA record for touchdowns or return touchdowns, return right? Touchdowns. And then he didn't even do that in the pros. It'd be one thing. It's like, you know, Patrick Peterson, Odell Beckham, Deshaun Jackson, they're great players and they're dynamic returners. Well, all those guys, at least early on in their career, were returners. They're like, yeah, we don't even think he can return. It's like, well, what the fuck did he draft? And it was a disaster. And a couple guys that it doesn't always work, but Akello, long, right? Just the Seattle corner. Didn't He didn't have the instincts to play corner, but that's, to me, a trait pick. Fred Warner, speed, a trait pick. Now, the Warren, Fred Warner was a good player at BYU. I had buddies in the NFL who were like, God, I love Fred Warner coming out. I didn't maybe think he was going to be the best linebacker in the league, but I the guy was a stud. So I just think when you look at their first-round picks, their two major disasters, if I throw Ruben away, he was character, <clears throat> were Solomon Thomas and McGlinchey, which I think both those guys would fall in the same category. Safe, man. I mean, high character, check all the boxes, and they're just going to have a place in this league for a while. And I think they would. those are, to me, their two major redos of the group, right? Of Bosa, Kinlaw, Ayuk. Even Ruben, like, it was clear Ruben was a, a legit NFL player. It was like, Ruben, you can't let this girl come follow you to Tampa Bay on a road game, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that that was, it was them taking a risk because they this they saw the traits and the production. Yeah. I mean, he had, he was the total package on the field. He was starting, he was starting middle linebacker. Maybe some Alabama. health questions. Um, so, okay, so what did, so, so the does, question to me, was, Mac, Mac, Jones, Mac Jones is like a McGlinchey. Like they, they, that McGlinchey's a problem for as of recording this right now, they have not picked up McGlinchey's fifth year option. If if you just said John, I haven't dug into this, I have no inside information. I'd say it's like 50-50. I think they're kind of torn. They're like, hey, he's a tackle, let's just pick it up. I bet there are conversations going on where they're like, let's just not pick it up. Yeah. And I I I, I if they don't pick it up, I'd say that's probably the right decision. You don't want to chase a miss. Don't don't I, I, if you're gonna do it, do it because you think he can be better, not because he was a first round pick. Don't you think that's good life advice? Like, don't chase misses. Absolutely. Like, just just fucking pivot. Like, it's yeah. okay, you know. And, and to me, that's Mac Jones, like McGlinchy. You know, but okay. So we have to talk about how this relates to Mac Jones, though, right? Physically, well, just, what is he? Just, what, what what are his traits? I I got a DM from McKay who said uh, he said I don't care about the Niners, but I like the podcast. So thanks, McKay, um, on Instagram. But he said Mac Jones. People, is, is Mac Jones sneaky athletic? 
I think you told me something before the podcast that surprised me a little bit in terms of Mac Jones's physicality. Well, yeah, I I, uh, I said it either on our last podcast or two podcasts ago. I'd be like, well, guys, like, you know, your prototypical Rivers, Eli, you know, those those guys, like 6'5 pocket quarterbacks. And then I got a DM from our buddy Crocky. He's like, bro, he's like, look at his measurables. He's a shade over 6'2". In my mind, and I, I was talking, I went on Gottlieb's show the other day, and he brought up, well, wouldn't you, you know, Rivers and Eli, and we're not even talking like Peyton and Brady, who are both bohemus. Like, there, there's a there's a reason why you know Dwayne Wade is an outlier at a six six three and a half six four shooting guard right most shooting guards are six 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 seven like Philip Rivers and you and I have stood next to him is fucking massive Flacco Eli these guys are huge Mac Jones is Jimmy Garoppolo I I I just I don't know I just had it in my head he was six four and then I looked at the measurables I'm like He's basically the same size as Zach Wilson, who we questioned how tall he was, and then he hit six two. It's shocking to me. It's, what would bro, you have guessed before I told you or even brought it up? Because again, I just yeah, assumed. Six four. He ain't six four. Burrow six three and a half. Burrow has him by an inch, and is I do think more athletic. Like, yes. uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I don't think I said it to you, but I was just talking to a buddy on the phone about it, and we were having a conversation about the athleticism that. They played with, not, sorry, I shouldn't say athleticism, the talent that was around them. And my point was like, I, I remember watching Joe Burrow just create. So yeah, Joe Burrow played with, maybe I said this on the last podcast, Joe Burrow played with great players around him. So did Mac Jones. Isn't it all the same? Like, nah, I don't think it was. I, Burrow looked different to me running around making plays. I thought Joe, can't, Joe well, can't was a be- creator. Can't there all be equals? Like sometimes we find out, you know, Matt Liner really benefited from his supporting cast. Sometimes guys, like, they're part of that group, right? Like, maybe it turns out, maybe Tua and Mac turn out not to be, but, like, was Najee better because you couldn't stack the box because of the wide receivers? No, probably not. I watched Najee. I think he's, like, a legit first-round running back, <laughs> right? Or, you know, or Landon Dickerson. Now, I think the question mark always is with quarterbacks. To me, Joe Burrow, watching that team, and we all did because they were, I mean, they're probably going to go down as one of the greatest college football teams ever. I felt like he was everyone's equal, like Clyde's, Justin Jefferson's. You could argue maybe Jamar Chase was like the true star, like 20 touchdowns or whatever that year. But you know what it turns out? Like, you know, Clyde's sweet, starts for the Chiefs. You know who's sweet? Justin Jefferson. They got rid of Diggs. Do you know who did not complain about getting rid of Diggs at all? The Minnesota Vikings. Their guy's a star. So it's like, and do you know who was looked unreal when we just sat and watched him on until he got hurt? I was like, God, Joe Burrow's pretty fucking good in the NFL, yeah. right? It was just turns yeah. out they're all sweet. Yeah. Sometimes that's the case. But Joe Burrow and Mac, like, Joe Burrow to me, because Al, here's the difference. Alabama's offensive line, I would say one thing under Saban, because the way they built the program was defense and running game. So they've always produced a ton. Like, when I think Alabama draft picks, they, I mean, if we, if we did a deep dive, think how many drafted offensive linemen they've had in the last decade. I mean, it's, I, I would say off the top of my head, probably over 15. Right and countless tackles and guards and centers, and they're going to have. I mean, Dickerson, who with the torn ACL, I was he going to go like top fifty? Now there are some questions. He's had a couple of knee injuries, but like his just tape is top fifty tape. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they have another offensive lineman. It's hard to even keep up with all their prospects sometimes because like they have headliners. And I saw I read an article that'd be, that'd be way too much. I read a tweet <laughs> that said they have someone like Tom Pelissaro or Rapsheet. 
about some defensive tackle they have that might be the top defensive tackle in the league that might be a fringe like top 15 guy. Honestly, guy, I had never heard of him. It just shows you at Alabama, it's like they have guys that go in the 20s. You're like, God, that, I didn't even know. Because you're like, Sertain, Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, Mack. And then they got like three other guys that also go in the first round. That's just part of their program. And that's where I think the Mack thing is like, he is not, and really Tua wasn't either. Right, I think one thing Nick would tell you is like, you know, we've our quarterbacks, like we just wanted good quarterbacks. We didn't necessarily like they're not obsessed with height, weight, and speed at Alabama because Tua didn't fit that mold. He was no, just no, they got this guy Bryce Young, player. who's not a big, you know, he's a six foot. Isn't guy. he like six two? He's six. I don't even think he's six two. Yeah, so I just think they they look more for like who they think is going to be best in their system, which at Alabama. I think it's easier at Alabama to go like Mac Jones or Tua or even this Bryce guy. More than likely, they're going to all be really good because they nail all the things around them, right? Like their running backs have Najee's big. Derrick Henry's big. Josh Jacobs is big. Like Dickerson is big. Like he does, he doesn't budge on like their O-linemen, right? Or their corners are all big. Their safeties are, Minka's big. But the quarterback, like, he doesn't. He he didn't play. Mac Jones, who I think most people think are like, I'm not saying Tom Brady, but like that body pick. Tom Brady's fucking huge. Tom Brady's closer to six six than he is six five. So, okay, what do we look at though when we talk about this list of guys the Niners have drafted? Does this tell us that it certainly it tells us the Niners have had success? What you what your premise was? The Niners have had success with the elite talent guys versus the high floor perceived high floor guys in the draft. But it could, we could also just reach the conclusion that the Niners are willing to not take the most talented player high in the draft. The question, yeah, is but when they when they've pattern, done that, it hasn't worked. Well, I understand, but what we don't know is has that changed their mind, or is that part of what they do? Well, that's it, what we it don't hasn't, know. They're not. If it if it hasn't, then that's on them. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. To me, it's 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 this conversation is not a here's what they're gonna do. It's a here's some evidence about what they should do. Yeah, I don't feel any better that I'm with you, but I mean, this evidence shows like if if you are sitting down and going over your tenure of what, because didn't Kyle mention this, where we were our first four years and we talked about where we want to go our next four years. Wouldn't part of that be in having guys on the whiteboard doing studies like where have we hit, where have we missed, what has gone right and what has gone wrong? Yep. The first thing you would list is not like, well, who have we hit in the seventh round? It's like, well, how have we done with our premium picks? Right. Sure. For sure. It's like, we got Kittle in the fifth. Yeah, that's, in a weird way, I'm not trying to be dismissive. It's kind of irrelevant. Like, you're, you're going to hit some home runs late, and you're going to miss some, you know? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing with Drake the first Greenlaw couple Greenlaw in rounds? the fifth. Yeah. It's like, yeah, every team does that in some form or fashion. You didn't give up What are you going to do with your first Drake Greenlaw? 100, and that factors in. Like, are we going, would you trade up? If you were going to trade up, if I had told you, you know what? We had traded three ones for Bosa. It would have sucked when he got hurt. But it'd be like, you know what? We can live with that. We traded up to get Ayuk. We feel pretty good about that. We traded up, or would we have traded up for McGlinchey? Maybe that's the conversation. Would we have traded up for McGlinchey? Oh my God, we probably would have got fired. Would we have traded up for Solomon Thomas? That's a fireable offense. We trade up for Bosa? Yeah, nailed it. Kinlaw? To be determined. TBD. Yep. So there's a conversation going on about Justin Fields as it relates to the Ohio State University, which is our Ohio State quarterback products destined to fail. Should we use the history of Ohio State quarterbacks 
as part of the puzzle when we evaluate whether or not Justin Fields is a good quarterback prospect in the NFL? I think the answer is no. I think the answer is no. I don't think it matters what's happened at Ohio State before as it relates to Justin Fields. Let me let me tell you why. There hasn't been a prospect like Justin Fields playing quarterback at Ohio State ever. Dwayne Haskins was the 15th overall pick. That's the only one that's even close. Cardale Jones he was a fourth rounder. No one was tricked by Cardale Jones's draft prospects. Johnny was a fourth round pick. Terrell Pryor was a supplemental third. Troy Smith went in the fifth round. Craig Krenzel went in the fifth round. Steve Belisari went in the sixth round. Never heard of him. Joe Germain. I know you've heard of Joe Germain. Yeah. Went in the fourth round. There has not been. Yeah, Ohio State guys haven't succeeded, but whatever. They've been fifth round picks. No one expected them to. Justin Fields is a different type of prospect than than the history of Ohio State quarterbacks uh, says Ohio State produces. He is an outlier by Ohio State quarterback prospect standards. Yeah, I think I think there are some similarities to prior in the sense of people. I, I mean, if you're into college recruiting, you don't forget. But I, I remember, I think I was at Fresno State. We were probably living together. Terrell Pryor was like a rock star recruit. Mm-hmm. He was like LeBron James level because remember Chip Kelly had like flown out of plane. It basically came down between Chip Kelly. Penn State and Ohio State, because I think he was a PA guy, and Penn State desperately wanted him. Maybe I was living in Philly. It was my first year there. But I just remember Chip, like, th- they were Oregon thought they had a good chance. Remember people going to his basketball game. He was just an elite five-star, can't-miss guy, like Justin Fields. But then when he played, you're like, uh, uh. Now, things got weird. The tattoo scandal, part of why he went to the supplemental draft. But he was never the NFL prospect as a player. I'm with you. I, I think... Part of what ju- now there have been a lot of like top ten quote unquote overall recruits that never mount up to shit. It doesn't. It's irrelevant where you start <coughs> as a recruit, as a quarterback. I'd argue for most positions. I mean, it helps you get to big schools, but it does not determine where you're going to get drafted. Maybe it helps a little bit if you underachieve because that probably means you're physically a freak. Like Mario Edwards Jr. was like a top ten recruit, went to Florida State, wasn't great, but he was a physical freak, so he still got drafted in the second round. But Justin Fields was the number two overall recruit. Then he played well. The, the thing that's, and me and you were t- bullshitting before we hopped on, I was blown away this week. For, I think for the first time, not that I hadn't. Yeah, I don't think I had. <laughs> Pulled up Justin Fields' stats at Ohio State. Just his flat stats for two years. And it was like, so wait, his touchdown to interception ratio is almost 7 to 1. His completion percentage in the two years was 68% and then 70%. I, I just think we talk about this guy like he's... Like just this raw product. His stats are pretty mind blowing, and and my one buddy in the league that brought up this comparison, I, I think it's so right, is McNabb. Uh, and I I just looked at McNabb's stats from Syracuse. It's crazy. He was a four year starter. Like what player with he played and played basketball? basketball. There's no chance he would have lasted four years, right? With just his physical attributes. McNabb for f- over four years was 58. percent Can you imagine if Justin Fields was 58? percent and again, this is just media. This this is media talking. This is not... We haven't heard from one fucking team. So the, these conversations, like... Everyone I talk to in the NFL is very... Likes Justin Fields. Is intrigued by him. I I, I think it's hard because right now... Fans love him too. The, yeah, all the speculation is coming from what media is perceiving to be what the NFL teams are thinking, and we don't know that at all. This whole thing, like if Mac Jones ends up going 20 and Justin Fields goes 
two or three. What if Justin Fields goes two, guy? We've talked about it. I don't think it's going to happen because I talked to someone who pretty knows Joe Douglas well. I mean, I know Phil Savage. I haven't bothered him during this time. I'm assuming they're taking Zach Wilson, but it, I wouldn't like fall out of my chair if they took Justin Fields. Yeah, if they took Justin Fields, it would feel like found money to the Niners because then they Niner fans would think. But I would we, rather have Justin Fields well, than no, Zach Wilson. A lot of personally. people would. I'm just saying from the prospect of when the guy that you don't think you can have, then you can have, it feels like you've gotten something that you never no, had I to know. begin with. It, it would be an explosive. If we all thought sure. the Jets were taking Justin Fields as a smoke screen and then they took Zach Wilson and the Niners got Fields, people would go like, oh my God, we got the guy that should have been the second pick. But do you agree with that right now? All the people that are mad about the conversation around Justin Fields are basing it on what they assume NFL teams are saying or thinking, which is, as we've learned yes, over that, the years, yeah, like I don't all know. All the Orlovsky stuff, that's separate from what I'm just talking about Ohio State quarterbacks. To your point, yeah, I don't. Yes, that's. Here's the thing about that is ever we anonymous sources. There's a lot of reasons to hate anonymous sources, but anonymous sources say the things that people won't say on the record. So I don't think you can always just dismiss anonymous sources out of hand because that's the the good well, stuff. They're is not the stuff allowed to say. put their name on it, guy. So, um, but yeah, that's a separate. I agree with you. I think a lot of the stuff is not the stuff that NFL teams are. But 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 this is one of those things that gets thrown in that you're talking about the Ohio State quarterbacks. If, if you brought that up, if I if I was sitting in the meeting with like uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kevin Colbert, who we can never point out of the draft meeting, and we're just going position by position, and then we come to Justin Fields, and I go, Kevin, Ohio State quarterbacks always fail. Everyone in the room would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Let me give you another counter argument to this, just to point out how stupid this conversation is. Which court, which programs quarterbacks do you bet on? Who always would you be like? Oh, NC State. Uh, you know, I give them credit for for uh, Russ and Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett and Mike Glennon. You got to go with NC State. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we listed guy programs with great quarterbacks, they'd be on the list. Be like, oh, you know, Brady. You got to go Michigan, Harbaugh. The only one really, I think, that even has a case to be made right this second is probably Oklahoma. Like, they're the only one that within the last, like, 10 years, you'd say it's just consistently. A lot of these lists that you come up with, it's most quarterbacks fail. So you Bradford, go Baker. Kyler, Baker. Yeah, that would know. be, be the list. We'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. But What's hard, it's not like some teams like DBU. Well, there are a ton of DBs, and you could, you could rack up in 20 years a ton of DBs in the league. With quarterbacks, I'd argue if you hit in, like, two over 20 years, like, you're doing pretty well. Well, because, right? first of all, if you've got a good wouldn't, one, he's Wouldn't Fresno State? I mean, Fresno State's got Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. You know, Billy uh, Volek, Trent yeah. Dilfer, um, David Tommy. Carr. Who? <laughs> Brand Stater. Brand Stater. I mean, uh, it, it was, was an it was NFL, went to the NFL. Oh, no. um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, part of it is you – you know, if you're a good college quarterback, you play for two or three years. If you're a good college corner, you play with three or four other good college corners. Like Washington can turn out two or three draft picks at cornerback every year. You can't yeah. do that at quarterback necessarily. Well, imagine if we played the game of like wide receivers from LSU, right? I mean, there are, quarterback is so unique because I think we can go negative. Like, does Notre Dame have a great history? I bet if we dove in, it's probably not great beside like Montana. But that doesn't mean that they're next. If, if they do land uh, Joe Burrow in like three years, doesn't mean that guy's going to fail because Deshaun Kaiser failed, right? <laughs> Stupid. They have nothing to do. And these are the conversations in a draft room where could get you fired if the GM doesn't like you, but definitely would get you embarrassed because it's like every, every single player. And I think if you approach this in life, 
Like, every single human is a different story than the previous human. Unless they're, like, I don't know, brothers and they grew up together. Like, they have nothing in common. If, especially if they didn't play together. Like, what what does a quarterback from now have in common? Like, what, what would Justin Fields, he'd be like, Dwayne Haskins, he was there before I ever got there. I never even met the guy. Yeah, to me, if they, the one parallel, right, if they all played for the same coach, ran the same offense, and that offense historically just covered up flaws that quarterbacks had, right? Like, if Lincoln Riley keeps, like, Lincoln's going to start getting better. I mean, he he gets credit for it now, right? If you're a pitching coach and all you come from a program that a bunch of guys get Tommy John at a higher rate than other people get Tommy John, okay, that would be something I'd be interested in knowing. But, again, Carl Dale Jones played for the same coach in the same offense. I mean, you know, obviously he played for Ryan Day, but um, in the end, that's what I'm saying, Justin Fields played for Ryan Day. But, yeah. Card- again, Cardale Jones was a fourth-round pick. Cardale Jones was not the fifth overall pick. The people were like, oh, my God, we were fooled by Cardale Jones. No, he went in the fourth round. But also mistakes happen. Like, if you could... Joe Burrow transferred when he beat didn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. And I've I've heard Urban say this, like, we didn't expect it just kind of snowballed. We didn't expect Dwayne to be like a one and done guy, which he essentially was, and then Burrow left and had to start him. Obviously, it turns out you would take Burrow over Dwayne Haskins any day of the any day of the week. I bet there's a decent chance if me and you had been on the staff, just like Recruiting coordinators, hey, middle Middlecoff. And we were just at practice, and Urban's like, These guys sure Dwayne talk a lot. Pretty. Yeah, but but even if, like, God, Dwayne looks pretty, he looks better than Burrow. He'd be like, yeah, he does, right? It's not inconceivable that that happened. Why? Because it was probably a shorter sample size. Cardale had just left. They're just putting it together. And now, looking back, in like, ten, think how that's going to age in like 10 years if Burrow goes on to have a really good career. Like, God, that's one of the dumbest decisions ever. You went with Dwayne Haskins over Joe Burrow. Well, but isn't Fields, Fields went to Georgia. Fields didn't go to Ohio State first. No. Same thing. They got they got lucky, right? He transferred. Hell yeah, they and did. Ohio State, and they also didn't they get lucky in the sense that he was able to get the waiver because he the race thing about the yeah. guy screaming at him, the baseball player. Wasn't that the thing? Yeah, was that yeah, Justin right. Fields, yeah. the baseball yeah, that's player, exactly right. screaming yeah. at him? Uh, fa- uh, I don't know if he was like it was like from his own student section. I think was the deal. Yeah, but there's a decent chance if that never happens, he would have had to sit out a season, right? Yep. Yep. Even though I read somewhere that like that, that a lot of people now get representation and argue every single angle and are getting it thrown out at a much higher clip than it used to. Yeah, be. Yeah, there like is a lot. Fall. A lot of waivers are going on. Yeah, it Especially doesn't feel like year, oh yeah, you to sit lot. out a year. It feels like sit out a year is over. Well, there's some expectation this month or next month that there for this for this um, this uh, academic year that it's gonna you're gonna be able to transfer and play right away. With an extra year of eligibility this I year. I thought for a quick second you were going to say for they're not going to throw that out the window forever, though. Uh, you know, you open Pandora's, you open that door, you never know what's coming back. Right now, there's a thousand basketball players in the portal. Like, it's every team's got two or three. Don't five guys play? Five guys play, but everybody wants the ball, John. I don't know. I can't recommend it enough. Last Chance You has really grown. It's a fantastic series this, this year. Didn't your dad watch it with the basketball? Yeah, my dad was texting me about it, and then I was texting our buddy. I was talking on the phone to our buddy AJ Riding at Sac State who told me they've got a guy from Last Chance U on the team. I texted so him I th- last night to get the scouting report on the kid. I told my dad, but I'd say, like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Yeah. People say the coach on that show is pretty impressive. Is uh, very, very honestly, like I would imagine that you see it in junior college ball. And I remember AJ was a Delta college around San Joaquin Stockton. Delta in Stockton. Yeah. Is where he went. 
you just see like how little funds they have and how hard it is to function just because you're so state dependent and it's not like the coach has any money. I would think that this thing is, you know, it's just such a big series. Some big, like I, I had the thought last night laying in bed watching like episode four, like I'll be shocked if like a Magic Johnson, if a LeBron doesn't just hand these guys like a million dollars or something just to help them. I mean, their, their rims get fucked up. They just don't have that much money. Right? Yeah. I mean, the coach is living kind of in a crappy house because he just doesn't make that much money. It's just hard to, and, and he's just such a diehard coach. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Like, I was thinking if I had a lot of money, I would help this guy out. Like he was, he's really, really impressive. Like Shaq just, buying I mean, an engagement ring for a guy. Yeah, just that type of stuff. Like, I, I'll be stunned if that does not happen for did, this guy. Did they ever that, show how much the engagement ring cost? Well, what's 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 typically, like, I guess a wide range? Of, I don't know. Like, I think some people spend $1,500 and some people spend $12,000. Or twenty. I bet some people spend yeah. $17,000. I don't... I think it gets you, pretty wild. But. Really quick, you have to do an engagement and then a wedding ring, so you got to do two? Yeah, that's right. There's the band... That comes on the wedding day. So the engagement ring is no, has nothing to do with what you give your wife. No, on the band the is day. the thing you were holding in your pocket. Actually, you were holding. Uh, I don't remember now. Do you go up wearing a ring? What's her? Is the band's her wedding ring? That's right. So the engagement ring that just that's like, the fancy uh, one. Th- that's just basically like buying an iPad. You still need TVs and stuff and computers yeah 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 you each one needs the other it's it's a real situation they got going it's a real shout out to the to the uh to the uh diamond execs in the 19 like 40s that got hollywood to start putting diamonds in their movies well uh i had two buddies yesterday ryan fry steve myich had babies within i swear to god like 24 hours of each other and so i'm on this text thread with pictures of both babies and then someone chimes in like God damn, I should have got into the baby blanket business because both of them have a different little baby blanket. Mm-hmm. They both, and it's like the baby blanket, the baby business is just gotta be booming. <laughs> you know, everybody I know that, gets, that has a baby gets a blanket from the Habermans. I know. That's <laughs> incredible. All right, let's, uh, let's tell you about American Giant, John. This is really the gift you should be given. Forget about the baby. How about, how about the dad and the mom? They need American Giant.com promo code HAM. Uh, it can stand up to much more difficult tasks than uh, the physicality of parenting. This is the physicality of the outdoors. This is years and years and years of whether you're working in the yard, whether you're lugging kids from here to there, whether you're carrying around your, uh, your, your company's equipment, whatever you're doing, American-Giant.com, promo code HAM, built to last. What's the key, guy? American-made. Their hoodies. You got a hoodie. I got a hoodie. They're thick. They're going to last for a long period of time. They have several colors. You just got to go to American-Giant.com. Check it out. I was wearing mine yesterday. You're wearing a shirt right now. Uh, I, I love my V-necks. It just, it's I've got a power like three look. of the same exact t-shirt that's just... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order more. Uh, I, I can't recommend them enough. American-Giant.com. Support you know not just local america and the podcast at the same time it's it's like a double whammy it's like hitting for the cycle yep uh i love the uh, reinforced elbow patches on the uh, on the hoodie as well i mean you're talking years and years of where you're gonna get out of the custom developed heavyweight cotton fleece made from locally grown cotton in north carolina 
From the cotton to the zippers, 100% American made. Get your classic full zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today. Use the promo code HAM for 15% off for your first order. The hoodies, t-shirts, pants, men's, and women's gear. 15% off when you use code HAM at American-Giant.com. Do it! All right. Collinsworth and Sherman. Dynamic duo. PFF. Talked about quarterbacking. Sherman actually, in the end, said he'd like Justin Fields for the Niners. But... In response to something Collinsworth said about Trey Lance, he kind of saw – he made a weird – not a weird. He made a connection with Kyle and Trey Lance and uh, Con Kaepernick. What was the context of that conversation? Well, one comp that I had heard in NFL circles weeks ago was Kaepernick for Trey Lance. I heard Chris Collinsworth in his uh, – you know, they're competing with us trying to get li- listens on their podcast. Even with the world, baby. That he, he compared him to Kaepernick. My guess is this with Collinsworth. I'm not saying he didn't come up with this on his own. What percent of GMs and head coaches does Chris Collinsworth have in his phone? 100%? 100%. Well, he, he doesn't Maybe do the, the Chargers games guy. and stuff. Yeah. Well, he doesn't do all this, some of the bad things. <laughs> yeah. But they're, all the teams that matter, he's talking to. And he definitely talked the, to Staley from doing the Rams. Every, every coach that matters, he's talking to. That That is a comp that's being, you know... In NFL circles right now, Trey Lance is Kaepernick, not Kaepernick in under Chip Kelly. I'm talking about Kaepernick coming out from Nevada. People forget that, and, and you and me, big whack guys, Fresno State guys. We, how many times do you see Kaepernick live in college? Two or three? Uh, no, I mean at least at least four, four or five, I would say. Every Fresno game. Because I had a couple. I had him at Hawaii. He fumbled, reaching for the pylon. Remember that play? Um, and then I think one yes. more in Nevada. I, I saw him twice uh, live, both times, to get at, when I was at Fresno, and he kicked our ass. And then I was with the Eagles when he was coming out. And he was this fascinating prospect because he was tall. He could run. And while he wasn't accurate, he had a hose and he was productive. Like like you brought up his college stats before we jumped on and he threw over 80 touchdowns. Like he had, and just watching him, they were dominant. Remember, they killed Cal. I remember senior year, absolutely like it kind of, it was like Jeff Tedford's in trouble. And that was the start of the end because they were just on a completely different level. They beat that great Boise team. I mean, he was the best player in the WAC that I think his senior year. I think he was offensive player of the year. And that was a year Kellen Moore, who was also an elite player, was in there too. Like it was Boise's heyday. And but he was like this raw prospect. Now it was different because his offense at the time, like it was very revolutionary when the Niners implemented the pistol, right? It was just revolutionary in the fact that no one in the NFL was doing it. Now people in college were doing it, like Urban and stole it. A bunch of college coaches, I think, started kind of sniffing around and mm-hmm. seeing it, and they were sent dudes to alt. The Niners eventually went to Alt, stole it, and then by then, like Andy sent a guy to Alt. Maybe Ant, didn't Andy bring Alt to the Chiefs? Remember that? To like he coach retired or just to have him. Do well, a I think teaching. I think Alt re- Alt retired and Andy brought him on as a senior consultant. Uh, people were fascinated by this guy, but part of it was like it was a big separation. The thing with Trey Lance in North Dakota State, like they do NFL concepts. You know, it's like all kind of. And now I'd even say like the pistol and RPOs, like it's all universal. Like what, what really is the difference when you watch a big college game and a big pro game? It honestly doesn't look that much different, right? 
most teams, like Ash Juszczyk, like was every team calling him for to use the fullback? No, his, his market was probably like 10 teams. So I, I actually think that's a positive comp like for Trey Lance. Now, the thing with Kaepernick that he, Richard mentioned this on the podcast, was that he thought that Kyle would like peak Kaepernick. And I'm not saying like Pete Kaepernick you take because he was a very dynamic player. But if you could choose, I don't think that's what Kyle was looking for. Because when I think Kyle, the thing he really truly wants is, and same with McVay and same with LaFleur to me is going to be accuracy because they're going to say the majority of plays I'm dialing up, you're going to have a guy open. I'm going to need you to hit him. And I think what really frustrates, I think what drove McVay crazy and we, I really noticed it like probably most people this year was like, God, Jared Goff like skips balls. Like one thing, an underrated part about Kaepernick as he was coming into his own, he could always hit a trainer on the sideline. He could always throw a ball that was like, holy shit. Now Kaepernick, unlike Goff and unlike Jimmy, could throw an 80-yard ball on a rope and hit Vernon Davis. It was like, is that the greatest throw I've ever seen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember the, the, the NFC Championship game when it goes, Earl Thomas leaps in the air and it was like, he's going to pick it. It goes right through his hand, hits An. Was it Anquan? It was An- uh, I think it was Anquan, yeah. And it was just like, oh my God. We were God. at the Buffalo I- Wild Wings in the East Bay somewhere. Do you remember that strike? I do, uh, to, to me, it was one of the most memorable things I've ever seen happen in sports, that play. Yeah, I, I think the best throw he ever did was the one Vernon Davis in Tampa. I swear yeah. to God, it went 80 yards. It was a bomb. Yeah. But like those guys don't have that. So they and that's where I think Trey Lance, it intrigues. I remember Andy was very intrigued by Kaepernick. But it just shows you like we've come a long way. Projects and like, you know, guys with just physical tools at quarterback were like, oh, second, third round. Now it's like, shit, you gotta trade up top fifteen, <laughs> right? It's it happened fast. Yeah. But I so I don't I agree with you. I don't think Kyle would have loved like Colin as his main quarterback, but I also don't love Trey Lance Kaepernick comp. Um, obviously, I saw a lot more of Colin in college than I have seen of Trey Lance in college because we watched all his games on TV too. Um, in those days, they would get TV one though. There was only one TV. Although we did, it was around that time that we had two big old box TVs in our living room, uh, thanks to you. But. I think a couple of things watching just from the video I've watched of Trey Lance. I mean, John, the, the tape I've grinded of Trey Lance. Um, one, I I could be wrong about this. This is just my initial. I don't think his arm is quite as strong as Collins was, like downfield throwing. But it's plenty Ka- good. Kaepernick had elite arms. Right? Plenty good. I mean, I think Trey's is probably elite. I think Trey Lance has more touch, like throws us more touch than Collins did coming out of college. Collins did yeah. not throw with touch coming out of college. No. Touch was never something associated with Kaepernick. I think Lance, even though I've you've mentioned some questions about his motion, I actually think he's a little more, he looks just a little more natural as a thrower to me than Colin was. But Colin could look pretty pretty also. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, you know, Trey Lance, is, Trey Lance was a 67% thrower in 2019. What did we, what was Kaepernick? Sub, was he... 63 62 58 might have been 58. in college he was 58 too yeah yeah like i i don't love that comp based i on think it's more i think it's i think it's more the athleticism and the body type than it is the the pure like numbers with the accuracy i'm with you this guy just watching some youtube highlights 
clearly has more touch. Like Kaepernick, the touch thing, it was he was always overwhelmed, right, in pros on just ba- like wheel route. Those things would drive him nuts. Not drive him nuts, like drive fans nuts. He because he'd fucking airmail it and hit Jeep Chris on the side. Like he just couldn't do it. Couldn't put in the. Air, it it was almost like under a, the ball on those short. On those it short. was almost like a knob block. He just struggled throwing changeups. Where I'm with you, this guy. That's where this guy is a better prospect, probably coming out. Now, will he ever live up? Checking Trey Lance, he's basically six four. He's six three and seven eighths. I'll round up, give him six four. Colin was six four and a half. So I mean, one thing Colin Trey had is. Colin weighed 233 pounds at the combine. Jeez. What is Trey Lance? What's Trey Lance at? I saw 225. God. Right. They're all big. I mean, he's got, that's, there's nothing. I mean, I, my, in here. my head would have said, if you had asked me what's Trey Lance wear, weigh from watching him on tape, I would have said 230. Uh, at least the pro day, he didn't run a 40. Kaepernick ran a 4.5, which actually didn't do him justice because when he, when he, yeah. once he got three or four steps, oh. what, what do you think he was? 4.3 guy? Oh. His play speed was elite. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it was elite. His strides we're, were so long. I'll give Scout Haberman some credit. Kaepernick, in the business, we'd call him tight. We'd call him stiff. He he never juked anyone. Now, if you gave, and that's what part of Chris Alt's offense was lanes, right? And that's Kyle's offense with running backs, lanes. They don't need you to be able to juke. They need you to get downhill. When the lane hit, Kaepernick was gone. I do just watching, again, FCS opponents, Lance is much more of a fluid athlete. I agree. So that's, they're not, it's not a black and white comparison in the sense of they're, they're just like, they're perfect, right? They're just like the identical prospects. But I, I, I do understand some of the similarities between the two of them. I, I actually find some of Trey Lance's more accuracy. I would want a guy, if I'm going to have a running quarterback, to be more fluid than straight line. Like part of like what made Michael Vick or E. Kyler, it's like, Jesus Christ, these guys are like little video game characters. Yeah, part of it is if you can go eight yards because you made a guy miss consistently, that's better than sometimes being able to go 80. Although I think Trey Lance could go 80. Because that skill I wonder is going to be more u- is. useful. I, it's a good question. I he he. It's hard. I mean, I say he plays fast watching him, but I don't know who's really chasing him. Well, like I think a good example is Fields, yes. and this is my Fields McNabb. Like McNabb was just an just an athlete, right? Not a stiff. He was a basketball athlete, but he was football big, and then he had a foot, and he was a quarterback. Lance, like, or I mean, Fields, unlike the Kaepernick Trey, even though Trey Lance probably closer to Fields, like. These guys are elusive athletes. Right. Now, the main difference, if I told you Trey Lance, and maybe the reason he didn't run, he's like, you know, I'm probably a 4'6 guy, which is fast if I'm 4'6'0. But if I want to get compared to Justin Fields, this guy's like, yeah, fucking run. 4'4'1, four, four, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd run too. Because if you're Trey Lance, would you agree like 4'6'0 is just, it's a negative, right. even though it is a positive relative to the guy you're going against? Yeah. Yeah, four four one. I think changes like, oh, should we run? <laughs> you know, well, again, it, where does, how does it does it help you? It only helps you if it blows everybody away. Justin Fields had to be licking his lips when he's like, time for run the forty. Fast guys Let's run, roll. baby. Like you always said, <laughs> fast guys run. I, 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 my ultimate point on this, I while I don't agree that Kyle would have loved uh, Kaepernick, I do think he would like Trey Lance. I think there is more to like coming out of college in Trey Lance as just a as a as the project than Kaepernick, which was much took much more of a vision. And there was plenty of like as we saw. I mean he led a team to the Super Bowl. 
I think Kaepernick took a lot more vision, and the vision included bringing what he did, right? Part of what Kaepernick's success in the NFL came behind the pistol. I would right? love it came to go with back what he was comfortable and ask the Niners then, like, are you are you drafting this guy because you think he can be a starter in the NFL? Like, did they envision what it became? Well, when you take a guy at whatever thirty six yeah. or you know thirty eight, you have you have to have some plan for it, right? Yes. Um. And it's not crazy in retrospect, just when you look back and some of his highlight plays, which just people don't have that in the bag at all. Well, and, and ultimately, the overall conversation with the quarterbacks, you want to be able to say, like, everywhere Sean McDermott goes, my guy has stuff in the bag that only Mahomes has in the bag and Rodgers, right? Right. Like, that, that is a powerful feeling. Now, ideally, I think Kyle and any football guy would say, well, yeah, is the guy a good player? Then he has stuff in the bag. That's the ideal, right? You want a guy that's a good player and then has things in the bag. That it's like, you see Jacob Degrom's numbers, win or lose. It's like he's just got pitches. He can just do things that people dream about doing. Like, well, it's you know, Degrom's two- a John. That's a great freaking comp because it's about like where that comes into play is it's game one of the World Series and the other team has the best hitters in baseball. Like, it's great that you know you won eight games in Mar- uh, eight games in March and June. And this is what we're talking about with the quarterbacks. It's like, okay, you get to the Super Bowl and you get to the playoffs and now you're playing the best teams every week. That's where I think if my offseason with the Bills, even though we kind of got pushed around in the AFC Championship game, I go, you know what the least of our worries is? Our quarterback matching up with Mahomes. Even though you can, we'll, if our guy's not as good as their guy, but we know our guy can hang. Our defense has to be better. We have to just have a better idea how to you know, corral Tyreek and Kelsey, but like our quarterback can hang. Right. And that's if you can go to sleep at night with that thought process, that's really what everyone's looking for. Right. Like if you're the Packers, like this is where Aaron Rodgers is just not a bad thing that he's stuck in your team, but why he's not going anywhere. He's the le- if your quarterback's the least of your worries, you can build a team from there and compete to just at minimum make the playoffs, which is yeah. you well, make the playoffs in the NFL consistently. You get contract extensions. You make ten million dollars a year. Well, that's the bottom line of the whole thing is if you hit on your quarterback, eventually he's going to be so expensive that he has to make your team better, not just be another cog. He's got to make the other guys around him better because he's going to be really expensive. That's what yes. the, that's what it's all. If, if there were no salary caps, it would matter less. But there are. I think it's a great question on Dak. Like his physical tools, like he's big. He's a super high character leader. Arms pretty good. But it's like. Is this really? Is he just going to dominate the league? Or to me, he's going to be one of the most fascinating test cases in the league history the next three or four years. Yep. Like, does he go to three Pro Bowls and it's clearly not his fault if they miss some playoffs, right? Or do they do they go to the playoffs because of him? Or are they going like seven and nine, eight and eight because he's? Or excuse me, add that extra game, but and it's like you know, God, I hate that game. I know it really throws me off. Wait till we're going. I'm just going to go eight and eight plus one. Yeah. Wait till your wait till your seven and eleven. That that one will be painful. <laughs> go there's going to be game. a coach that has back-to-back 7 and 11s and we're just going to nickname like the slurpee it's good, but we're going to be looking at like some uh the slurpee <laughs> you're going to be looking at like some football reference in 10 years be like oh they won seven games and in, in that year just like look they won some coach won seven games four years in a row in the early 2000s you'd be like yeah but he only lost nine this guy lost 11 exactly the slurpee uh, how about this? Vic Tafer in his mailbag in The Athletic, somebody asked him, when do you think Gruden's seat will get warm? And he wrote, I think I said this on a podcast. If Gruden's seat ever gets warm, he just chucks it out the window and gets another one. 
there are a couple of scapegoats already lined up for the season if the Raiders don't improve on eight and eight. What does that mean? That's a well, hell of a line by l- Vic. Yeah, let's just take out the word scapegoat and go, okay, who have been his scapegoats so far? Early on, it felt like he used players, right? Khalil Mack, we can't afford him. He'll ruin our salary cap. See ya. Amari, I don't even remember what that was like. Not a scheme fit, just didn't fit, didn't want to be here. I don't know. They just traded. Yeah, didn't want to be a cowboy. I guess was going to have to get paid soon. Yeah. And then, okay, players, scapegoating. A couple years, then they built the thing up a little bit. Reggie McKenzie, year two. Reggie's got to go. It's like, well, why didn't Reggie just get fired when John showed up? Weird deal. Never really made sense. Mayock comes. Okay, Mayock, lifetime TV guy, but all of us universally, like, Mayock's fucking smart. This guy knows his shit. Irony is like one of his biggest home runs was going back when no one thought this was going to be the case. Khalil Mack over Jadavion Clowney. (laughs) Uh, But Mack was already gone by the time Mack got here. And then within that year of Mayock being here, or toward the end, you know, now I guess it's going on two years, Paul Gunther. Shown the, got the big see you later. Wasn't that, remember, on a Thursday. mm -hmm. Or I mean, on a Thursday, a a Thursday game week, but he was fired on like Sunday night. So I just, now... Who could it possibly be? Like new players, uh, cars playing well. You know, I, I just I think Mike Mayock would be the logical guy, even though I, I do think they should distinguish this like on just when you talk about a person. We just go, oh, the GMs are terrible. Well, is he a GM with decision making power or is he a GM just by uh, by title only? And that's, I think we all know, we all agree that GM Mike Mayock is by title only. He's not like, you know, whoever they take, you know, in the first round, it's going to be Mike Mayock's decision. Not a soul says that, including Mike. So, and if Mike Mayock was a scapegoat after this year, one, I think that Gruden would be viewed as one of the more toxic GM jobs. I'm not trying to be hyperbole guy here, but in league history. I mean, I don't think anyone with any sort of like Ballard or, you know, uh, General Payton from the Vikings finally getting the Denver job, like those type guys, like the people that we just hear about a lot, Seattle's guys forever, Adam Peters, I don't think would touch that job. Guys with options, right? The guys that every year are kind of the next guy, the Joe Douglas a couple years ago, unless you paid him $10 million a year or something, which clearly the Raiders would not do. Uh, because they're paying that to the coach, I don't think they could get anyone with well, it's any really, sort of juice. Yeah. Well, first of all, just it's really hard to get somebody to take a job that's GM job that's not actual general managing, right? Where you're the number two on personnel. So that, that does. Ha- I mean, like with. Scott Fitterer goes to the Panthers to work for Matt Rule. For sure. I, I think def- sometimes, like you go, happens, you kind of like with, buy it like a stock. Yeah, it happens with relationships, uh, like relationship. Like the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, that was even though they didn't really know each other, that became a relationship package. Um, it happens when you kind of start from zero and you need a chance, right? That was when we were talking about other possibilities. Like, would you get, would the Niners do some sort of package with one of those guys or Lewis or, you know, it's, it, there are all these different ways yeah. it happens. It rarely happens where you've got long, a uh, long time coach, like coach that's struggling, has been there for a few years, needs a guy now. Like I would say the closest thing we've seen is what maybe what the Texans became when Bill just took over. I, I don't 
I don't know what they were going to do with that position. Like they probably had somebody there. Maybe it was somebody who was promoted from within. Well, remember he fired the GM and then like, I, I don't remember the exact timeline. It was like, oh, Bill O'Brien's just going to be the president GM. Yeah, of it was the Rick, Rick Smith, right? Wasn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then they hired a guy after him that was there just a year and then he fired. It's a bizarre it dynamic. It was bizarre. Um, I, you know, I think the part of this, because <clears throat> we get asked about this a lot in the mailbag, uh, because we get there's a lot of Raider fans that think we're just reasonable people. We get asked about this. I would say the, this is one of the top questions we get in the mailbag is Mark Davis, John Gruden, hot seat type stuff. I think what really warps our view of 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 this job is that he got a 10-year contract. If he was on your normal huge contract, not your normal contract, six, just, six just years, a six-year contract, this would be an even bigger topic of discussion because what always happens, the contract gets to its last year and then you have a decision to make. No one coaches by and large. No one coaches on their last year, Right. When you've got one yeah. year left, you're in your last year already because it's like either extend them or move on. You can't run a program with a guy in his last year of his contract. It doesn't happen. But the end is so far off that we don't have these conversations right now. I mean, if we had, how many years has he been the coach of the Raiders? Four. This is going to be the fourth season, yeah. Yeah. So we'd be coming into kind of, okay, here we go. This is it. I know we talk about it that way, but it really doesn't get treated that way. And I think Vic's right. Like, it's not about him. If it doesn't work this year, it won't be because he's still he's halfway through his time in charge. Not e- not even. I, I it never crosses my mind that his seat lukewarm, cold, hot, like it's irrelevant. Same. Uh, I I just think that guy bodies are going to keep getting thrown overboard the more they lose, which is a natural reaction in pro sports when people lose. Like the head coach, like you know what. We're going to keep the offensive coordinator. We're going to keep the offensive line that sucks. We're going to fire myself. I'm like, that's not the way it works. You can fire people I'm going to demote you. myself. How about that one? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that is zero possibility. Isn't Mac the logical guy to go next? I, I just don't see, I guess, Derek, but you need a quarterback. Like, John could justify in his mind, like, I don't need Mike Mayock. For, I, I mean, I don't necessarily believe that, but my point is, like, the the ultimately with players you need someone to replace them right i got rid of amari i had to draft rugs in the top 15 part of why derek has stayed it's like they weren't able to upgrade and now derek's got to the point where he's got value but he's he got value to the raiders too they're not drafting high what are they going to do they just keep derek mayock to me is the logical guy because it's a big headline i actually think though if that's the case i think the raiders would look very like it won't be like you know Mayock had to go. Because even looking back on Reggie McKenzie, the reason Reggie had to go, because it makes no sense to have a marriage that John doesn't want. Looking back, like I actually think we talked about this recently, Reggie's picks have aged like better than bulkies. Yeah. It's like, God, you know, Reggie wasn't that bad. No. And it was clearly just, they should have just been fired from the jump because when you bring in new people, it's fine. But clearly Mark really liked Reggie. And I think probably, I think it's fair to assume, beg John to give it a chance, right? Please help this guy that helped me get through the darkest points of our franchise with me as the owner. Give him a chance. Even though deep down, John was never going to give him a chance. He was just waiting till it was okay to fire him. And he was getting rid of players that like, was like, why are you getting rid of this guy? I actually, it just gets back to John. It really is. I, I didn't expect this tenure to be this, even though I think it parallels his entire career. You just forget because there was a tenure gap. And I don't know, a lot happens in 10 years, guy. 
John Gruden is just a roller coaster ride. And I, I think part of what Vic's explaining is like if the roller coaster ride continues, people will get thrown off the roller coaster, but the roller coaster is not stopping. No. It'd be four John, four years, like you said. I to say almost halfway, it's four years, that'll that's what's coming up is the fourth. And then you have the fifth, and then you're halfway. So you're right. I mean, on paper, you go, oh, it's almost halfway. But that's a whole other. Is that a playoff run or is that not a playoff run? Is that? Yeah, we're not even to the fourth season. We're just in the fourth off season, right? Right. right. So we're 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 in. You know, for, we're at forty. Are we are we in thirty eight? It's like is the baby one? You know, the baby zero. I always get confused. Where, where would you? Are we at forty one percent? Are we at like thirty one percent right now? Yeah, we'll, the first year. Yeah, yeah, we we're at like thirty one. Yeah, yeah, we're not at forty one percent after we're, the fourth we're season. Like, yeah, we're at like so about thirty three percent right into the into his tenure. Think about that thirty three percent in the tenure. We would be a lot different if right now we were seventy three percent into the contract. Yeah, that contract. He's got to look at it like God, I got a lot of money coming to me. <laughs> well, look, think, I know this. It's we, not. We've gonna, talked about this a little bit. You know, the Monday Night Football. I like Lewis, but I mean, he's not naive. Like at any moment, if they get a Philip Rivers, if John Gruden were to come back, like that show would go away. And you just wonder, like, if, is John just going to fail and fail and fail? Like he does know that ESPN would gladly, now that ABC has a Super Bowl, the NFL would like John. Has John lost the juice? Like, I mean, he would be a star. His personality still has the juice, but like, can you just throw him back out there and be like, John Gruden, the TV stars? Like, yeah, this guy's kind of a terrible coach. Uh, you, you ask me that all the time. To, I don't know. It's I been mean, diminished a little bit. It's been diminished. Yeah, but ultimately, what, I mean, it doesn't... Yeah, he was wearing the ring on TV, throwing it around. But ultimately, it, ultimately he was... It was about him, the personality, that was worth the money they were paying him. You are in agreement, though. It wouldn't quite be the same. No, I, I don't think it would. But again, he could make it exactly the same again after four years. Well, he would. That's, he would. That's, but maybe, yeah. maybe he would be just as into it. I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, he's way richer now. Yeah, he's already rich. There, there are a lot of people that watch John Gruden who know who John Gruden is from TV who didn't really know what what his Bucks did. Would you? True. But I think now we all know who the Raiders is because the star was way bigger. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, let's say his Raider career ends after this year. Ten years from now, he's doing Monday Night Football. It, you know, it's the same deal. What he's I, doing what I'd QB be fascinated with, John. And, yeah, I don't know if this is true or not, but, like, if you had to guess, let's say Gruden's tenure, this is a disaster the next couple of years, and him and Mark just do a meet in the middle, and they just, this didn't work out. It's not going to work out. Let's just go our separate ways. Even though it feels like John, if it wasn't working out, would just take some crazy huge swing to like draft a quarterback as like his last hoorah. Uh, and that's the great part about having a tenure quarterback. Like he would get that sort of option. Do you think that John, like, would you expect if I told you that a disaster falls apart for him to go back to TV? Or would you be shocked if he just kind of disappears? I wouldn't be shocked if he took a college job. <laughs> would you, If you were a college AD, would you hire him? Or is he any, is he any less hireable just because he failed in the NFL? I would I would watching how this whole thing has played out would not make me feel great about just having a stable head of my organization. So no, I would not consider it. But people do. Yeah, you could do worse. Yeah, you telling me like Florida State or some of these schools wouldn't hire Tennessee is always right. the one that yeah. gets mentioned. But even just my you just start going to the South like he that's where he lives like it's Miami Tennessee, yeah. 
Ogeron get fired any moment. Would LSU hire him? <laughs> Ogeron will be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a good one. Who, who's, who's the last? Who's standing? Gruden, Ogeron or Gruden? Gruden. You say Gruden? Gruden. Yeah, yeah I think Gruden lasts longer. He went fifteen and zero on a national. He had the greatest season in LSU history. It's time to put up or shut up. That was, I know, a long time ago now. I mean, Gene Chiswick, how long did Gene Chiswick last after his national championship not, at Auburn? Not, 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 not long. <laughs> I mean, not long at all. I just was like, he already had to fire coordinators after last year. Yeah. The, the SEC, you get you get kicked to the curb pretty fast. <laughs> Faster <laughs> than you knew in the NFL. I know that. I, I think it is fair to guesstimate that, jo- that Mayock is out before Gruden is. So, no that would be my guess. Yeah, there's no doubt. Not that Mayock even necessarily fired. It wouldn't shock me if he quit. That's I think it would be one of those one quitting jobs where it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes like Roy Wilson talks about opting out and like use the word quit, like you're a quitter. Williams, yeah. Where Mayock would be like, yeah, I'd probably have left too. <laughs> you know, like, or like it was guy. about to happen anyway. Could be one of those situations. Yeah. It's like we just, we, this wasn't working. Mayock's like, I'm going to go be the regional scout for the, for the, you know, for the Chargers. It's like, Mayock, you ready to come back to NFL, NFL Network? It's like, come on back, baby. And Mayock's like, nah, I'm going to go drive my car around the Western United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to scout, man. I just I want to scout. Just give me a stopwatch. And actually, we use yeah, uh, I, we use these uh, motion trackers now. I've, now, give me a fucking stopwatch. I actually think a lot of people probably like him a lot, and would he would get a job immediately. As like a I haven't two. changed my opinion on Mike Mayock. Now we don't really. Me get, too. There really hasn't been an opportunity to. You don't really know what he's done and what Gruden's done, but. Um, but if you told me like uh, they got rid of him or he quit. Like Adam Peters were to get a GM job, I'd be like, the Niners should be all over Mike Mayock, bring him in, like scouting director or something. Well, actually, he would be if John Lynch was ever like he he would actually I know kind of do that stuff well. I think you just all you got to do is scout, just just stay in the film room. Like one of the knocks on. Oh, Balky. I was saying like, but also and, I think he would. He doesn't. They don't utilize one of Mayock's good skills, which is I think he is a good communicator. Yeah, but the thing is, when you have such a big star at coach, like they don't really for like sure. I'm just saying, talk. like the Niners utilize one of John Lynch's qualities is he's a really good communicator. I don't know, Mayock yeah, may put, want to do it less than Lynch does, but yeah, I don't know. I think he I, does. That's one of Mayock's skills is he is a good communicator. Whenever he gives press conference, they're fantastic. I'm with you. No, the problem is John likes to be in front of the camera. Camera's his spot. Gruden, yeah, yeah. right. I think Kyle doesn't ever want to be in front of the camera. But right? he's, so he again, loves he's fantastic when he has to do it. But there is a, there is a comfort level that I think we, we assume just because you're good at it, you like doing it. No, and yeah, I think a true. lot of these guys hate doing it. Especially when they get asked about Kirk Cousins nonstop. <laughs> I, Not I talking about anybody specifically. <laughs> I know, it would drive me nuts. All right, well, uh, I, uh, I'm still, I still can't find you and I were talking... I cannot find any as of this recording. Justin Rose is in first place at the Masters, and I don't know if anyone in our DraftKings game has him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they do. I can't find him. John. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone's ever won a tournament unearned, unowned in a DraftKings game. It's probably never. Here's happened. also true though: no one's ever won a tournament on Thursday. Long way to go. Yeah, you can lose it on Thursday uh, though. You can lose on Thursday. As half my team Thursday. is trying to. To quote uh, Aaron Nagler on Twitter, a lot of ball game left. You know, there's a lot, lot of ball game left. But I will say this, Justin Rose is not some random at the top of the leaderboard. Like, no, I, I kind of pisses me off. I didn't just sprinkle a little cash on him or have him on my team. You know, what I love about Adam Scott. Just looking up at the TV. That's Adam Scott. We're watching, right? That's playing with Bryson yeah. is if yeah. you showed me a clip of Adam Scott and showed me nothing around him, 
I, it could be 1998 or 2021. I can't tell. His sleeves are long. He doesn't his wear pants he are does, baggy. He doesn't wear fitted pants. Yeah. His shoes are the same shoes that they that that Nicholas wore. I mean, it's his hair is the same length. His tan is the same. He looks the same age. It, it could be a U.S. amateur picture, or <laughs> or the, the, the cannot tell the difference. A couple grays on his chin on now. His shirt is yeah. big. <laughs> I, one thing I was at my mom's house yesterday and we just had like live from the masters on the back and he came up and she goes, God, who is that? And I've heard some players say over the years, like you always want to be paired with Adam because the ladies come to the group. So he is a good looking guy. And you're right. I mean, part of it, he looks Australian accent. Yeah. Just, he's got a good look to him. Probably the you best know? accent on earth. You think? At least for a dude. Australian? I would say by far it's number one for a, for a the, dude at least. The, the, the Irish run's pretty cool, too. What is this? The Australian one's better. I think it's Australian-only pick. Oh, okay, okay. So it's Leishman, Cam Smith. Got it. Uh, Adam, I didn't see the fourth Somebody guy. Somebody with longer but hair. It's, yeah. Well, Cam's got the mullet. Did you right. see that? Like, he cut a mullet and his wife got pissed, but he left it. It's every He said everyone, his manager, his family, his wife, or maybe it's his girlfriend, all want him to cut it, but he's like, I love it. <laughs> And he's like, you know, the reality is I'm the one making all the money. I'll do yeah, whatever I right. want. Bryson DeChambeau's in shambles. I John, mean, that was he, not a, he looks terrible. Yeah. It's... If you wanted to go body language, his body language day, every time I've looked up, like he knows he can't and he won't, he'd quit if he could. Mm. And I wouldn't blame, like he has that vibe, like I want to fucking go home. Mickelson he's has a, that vibe too. But at least Phil's accomplished a lot. Like I, the one, if I was gonna sit down with Bryson, not that he would give a shit, but it's just like, bro, you gotta have when you're playing shitty. Remember last year when uh, it was like Steve Elkington or said they said that Tiger's after his ten, the greatest performance he's ever put on, just for any younger golfers, the he birdied yeah. five of the last six. The one thing Tiger, his body language, now he get he drop f bombs, but he moves on shot to shot fast. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think Bryson is just. And there's a lot made up this tournament, and he probably, I imagine the prep work he did getting ready, it's got to be disappointing. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have bad body language, but if you want to be one of the best players ever, like you got to work on that shit, bro. Well, Tiger's thing, wait, well, what, Earl told him 10 steps. You get 10 steps to be mad, and then you have to move on. 10 steps after the shot, to walk 10 steps, and then you have to be over it. I might just start implementing that into my life. You just get pissed, you get up, you get 10 steps. I would stop on nine and stand there being really angry before I took my 10th step. God damn it, motherfucker. Classic, classic Middlecoff golf move when you're in a cart and you at a bat, Middlecoff just starts walking. Like I'll just take the, my one club in my hand and I just start walking. It's like, all right, I'll see you up there. And, it, and honestly, it's it's a it's a problem for me in the game of golf. I just get very I get very angry and down on myself, but you can't, you gotta, like Jordan said, just be light. Just just try to enjoy it. It's easier said than done. All right. On this note. Anything else? Peace. Later. No, that's it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.